Hey everybody, this is Chris. I like to write short stories, and I also like to read them. So I am very glad that you have joined me for the very first episode of Thomas Tales on the Tall Guy with Short Stories podcast. Thomas stayed silent. So long as he lived, he'd never once been disappointed at the prospect of staying quiet. He learned all kinds of information staying quiet. He learned about the widow Jasper's new boyfriend. He learned about where the blacksmith hit the precious metals he worked with. He'd even learned about Anne smooching both Brandon and Will. He'd collected a fine price for his silence on that occasion. But he mustn't tell anyone. To do so would be to let everyone know that he knew. It wasn't wise to tell anyone the things he knew, unless it benefited him. As he stayed quietly in his little hidey hole, he could hear his pursuer casting about looking for him. Right, scrawny little snake thief, he muttered. If I ever catch you, I'll wring your sneaky little throat. I feed my kids with what you've taken from me. Thomas knew this was utterly false. He was friends with the baker's children, the aforementioned Brandon and Will. They were both hefty kids, and Thomas had seen the baker spending much more money on booze and pleasurable company than on his children's food, on several occasions. So he waited quietly, until the baker's frantic searchings and uttered oaths faded into the night. And now Thomas rose from his hiding space and made his leisurely way back to his bed, munching on the sweetbread he had pilfered. The icing had cooled since Thomas had pulled the prize from his coat, and now bits of it stuck to his lips as he happily savored the sugary excitement of the evening. When he had gotten back to his living quarters, the old abandoned jailhouse on the south side of town, he took a very deep breath and enjoyed the sight of his home. It might not be neat and tidy, it might not have fancy locks and such, it might not be strictly legal, but he relished in having his own space. The boy had made several improvements around the property, tripwires on the doors he didn't use. He had also rubbed sand into the hinges of the doors. It made them a lot noisier, made them a lot scarier too, at least he thought so. He ate fully half of the sweet bread before he remembered that he would need to eat something tomorrow morning as well, and he carefully wrapped the morsel in a few newspapers he'd collected earlier. He then took off his coat and his trousers, got under the blanket he had laid on a mound of old horse blankets. They might smell a little, but after you'd laid three or four out, they became very comfortable. He snuggled in, feeling his eyelids become heavier with each passing moment. As sleep took him, his last thoughts were focused on what he might like to do tomorrow. Today's episode has been brought to you by J. Randall Art. That's two L's in Randall, by the way. You can find J. Randall Art on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under that name. Once again, that's J. Randall, two L's, Art. Make sure to tell him that the tall guy sent you, and maybe stop and give him some likes, and maybe even commission him for a piece. That would be pretty cool. In the dream... Thomas felt very tall, almost double what he normally was. He felt somehow heavier, too, and as he focused his attention on his extremities, he realized they moved with more surety. 
with more strength than he normally employed. When he spoke, and he was doing a bit of that in this dream, his voice was deeper. He used fancy words that Thomas wasn't familiar with, and his voice had a quality to it that it took Thomas a moment to place. Authority. He was commanding troops. Troops may have been too strong a word. Thomas was commanding a few men, maybe twenty, as they prepared for some type of action. The boy was amazed that anyone was listening to him. Not only listening, but hopping too, to accomplish whatever task they were commanded by Thomas. This older version of himself demanded respect. Whenever anyone approached him, they saluted smartly, a look akin to reverence in their eyes, and the boy marveled. It seemed to the small boy, dreaming of being big, that he should be paying attention to the words his older self was saying, and he tried, truly. However, the glittering attraction of everything around his older self distracted him. Men with armor and weapons, grim men he noticed to be later, these men knew their business, and it seemed their business was violence. Scars were in abundance. One man had his eye patched over. A few went along without the patch, with just one eye guiding them. Others had ears missing, fingers. Several of them were bald and boasted scars on sun-tanned leathery craniums. And then his older self turned around to bark another order. When he turned, the boy's perspective changed as well, and he saw his older self's other face, staring back at him from the broad face of his shield, polished to brightness. He met his older self's eyes, and for a moment, he believed he saw the barest hint of a wink. Thomas awoke with a small start, and a slow smile spread across his face. The smile stayed firmly fixed in his mind's eye. He was thinking of those men he'd commanded in the dream. He was thinking about being important, standing tall and strong with those men, fighting for what they believed to be right, and as he engrossed himself in this fantasy, he felt a tear spill from his eye and track down his cheek. He wasn't sad. He was excited for that version of him, and as he imagined all the grand things he would do when he got big, his heart swelled with a pride so overwhelming he simply couldn't stop the tear from escaping. Thomas rolled onto his side, still grinning, and grabbed last night's sweetbread from its resting place. He began munching slowly, trying to clear the sleep from his wits, and trying to remember more details of last night's dream. The way his cloak drifted from his shoulders in the smoke-stained wind, the way he commanded. But, as dreams usually do, the details slipped away from him like sand through an hourglass. After finishing the sweetbread, Thomas decided the first order of business was a drink. So he went straight to the bakery from which he had pilfered this morning's sweetbread, walked into the door with a little droop to his eyes and shoulders, and asked the baker if he had any work for Thomas, so that Thomas could buy himself some orange juice this morning. It's likely to be the only thing I have today. Felt real tired last night after going hungry. Slept early, Thomas said to the baker. I've got a job for you, lad, boomed the big man. Catch the mangy, sneaky coward who stole a sweetbread last night. The baker slid over a glass of orange juice, as Thomas knew he would, and smiled, giving the boy a nod. Thomas let his mouth open a bit in feigned wonderment, and took a first large gulp out of the wooden cup. In his haste, a bit dribbled onto his chin, and he swiped at it with his fingers, then licked them clean. Easy, boy, thundered Greg. That was the baker's name. It won't evaporate. Take your time. And he refilled the cup for Thomas, then looked him squarely in the eyes. Boy, I've a mind to pay you if you really could catch this thief, he said quietly. But I wouldn't feel right if harm came to you, young'un. I'll catch the sneaky bastard, Thomas. You just wait. 
Thomas began to think that maybe he shouldn't steal from Greg anymore. The man was obviously taking it very hard. Thomas hadn't meant to make him so angry, it was just... The thrill of the hunt, as the old huntsman called it. The huntsman didn't hunt much anymore. Old age and rheumatism had left him unable to carry on much more than watch over his small patch of land and garden, and tend to his hens. Many people didn't like the old huntsman much, but Thomas did. People said the huntsman was grumpy and prone to shouting fits, and people were right. But Thomas visited the huntsman often. Mostly, the boy reasoned, it was because he wasn't treated like a child by the old man. He was treated as an equal. An annoying, often cursed equal, but an equal nonetheless. The huntsman saw Thomas steal once and neglected to turn him in. Instead, the old man winked and said, Now not tell anyone today, lad, but these old eyes don't take kindly to thieving. And then he'd shambled off, chuckling to himself. After Thomas had finished his orange juice, and a few biscuits the baker had slid his way, he went out to meet the day, stretching in the warm morning sunlight, feeling the sun warm his face as he lifted it, feeling his quick, nimble legs begin to ready themselves for sprinting. Before he left the baker's front porch, the baker's son, Will, came out and said, Thomas, did you steal the sweetbread last night? And then he waved his hands, forestalling whatever Thomas had been about to say. It's better if I don't know anything, but you've got to be aware. His face set in a determined mask. Brandon got beat pretty good last night. After a few drinks, my dad decided it was his fault the sweetbread went missing. Don't let Brandon find out about it. He, well, you know how he gets. Indeed, Thomas did know how he got. One of the occasions that Thomas had stayed quiet and learned something valuable, he'd learned of Brandon being Anne's second boyfriend. But when he found out, Brandon had nearly beaten him senseless. And there was no doubt the young man had a quick temper. Thomas, again, regretted stealing last night's sweetbread. He made a mental note to cease all thieving operations from Greg the Baker. He hadn't intended on Brandon being hurt, and the unintended consequences of his action gnawed at him. Just then, Brand came outside the front door of the shop. Will's eyes widened. He shook his head barely at Thomas, reminding silently that their conversation was a private one. He needn't have bothered. At that moment, Thomas was stunned to silence by his large friend's face. Brandon had been struck repeatedly. Both the blackened eyes and the swelling jaw stood out in testimony of the savagery of the beating. Brandon's face was darkened by a scowl, and he grated at his brother, Dad wants you back at the oven. Hello, Thomas. My brother and I can't talk or play. Dad's feeling out of sorts. He then gestured at his face, waiting for Will to re-enter the bakery, and entered himself, closing the door. Thomas now felt thoroughly sick to his stomach. The bruises and swelling were his fault. No one else's. Those bruises were his, and his friend was unwillingly wearing them. It was cruel, uncalled for, and unfair and it turned in Thomas's guts like a knife. Another sponsor for today's episode is Meech's Minis. Now, if you go to Etsy.com and you type in that little search bar, Meech's Minis, M-E-A-C-H-S, M-I-N-I-S, 
you will find some artwork from a true genius. Not only can the man paint minis, he can also modify them for you. I mean, depending on what you want to do. But don't take my word for it. Go on over and take a look at some of the things he's done. They're absolutely fantastic. Truly. The rest of the day was filled with scrounging. Thomas enjoyed scrounging. He loved to make something from seemingly nothing. When the blacksmith took his end of day break, he waved Thomas over and wordlessly asked how much he'd scrounged. Thomas showed him the different bits of different metals he'd found in the sand around the foundry. The blacksmith looked mildly impressed, but before he spoke, a frown came over his deep craggy face. And then what Thomas had learned was an amused smile. What sort of metals do you have there, boy? He asked. Thomas froze for just a moment, momentarily stunned into silence by the blacksmith's speech. Thomas had rarely heard the man speak aloud. Business seemed to be his only tongue, and Thomas had literally never seen him speak to a child, or even a young adult. Um, said Thomas wittily, I've got some copper here, sir, from that pot you patched, the one Widow Jasper sent me with. He studied the other bits he collected more carefully. This bit here is iron, I think, from the armor you were fitting on that young lord a few days ago, and that must mean that this bit here is steel from the arrowheads. The blacksmith did not smile again, but he did grunt happily, reach into his pocket, and held out seven silver coins for Thomas to see. As an apprentice, you'll be paid seven silver a day. Thomas's eyes opened very wide as he stared slack-jawed at the coins the blacksmith held out. Sir, do you... that is to say, have, have I got a job? The blacksmith nodded his head slowly, studying Thomas inscrutably. You've done a few tasks for me around here. You learn quickly, you work hard. Are you interested? Thomas could hardly believe his good fortune. A trade, a skilled job. Some people in the city would be quite literally killing for the position. His head spun thinking of all the possibilities. The tools he would make, the beautiful pieces he would create, his hands shaping each and every detail, just like his home. Other possibilities, or eventualities that came up hard on the heels of the first. Thomas saw himself with money in his pockets. Real money, not change, not bits and pieces. He would never have to worry about stealing to fill his belly for the day. Although he did admit to himself that the thrill of the hunt would have to be found in other places. Thievery no longer suited Thomas the way it had. Brandon's bruises and bleeding face swam through his vision. A grisly reminder that the fruits of his labor could so quickly spoil and others would pay his price. All these thoughts flashed by in a few eye blinks. Thomas stammered, th th Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. I I'll do a good job, sir. The blacksmith held up his hand in a conciliatory gesture. I know, boy. I know you will. That's why I picked you. He placed the silver coins into Thomas's pocket, as Thomas had yet to take them. Get some rest, lad. We shall have a long day tomorrow. Be here at first light. It wasn't a question. Thomas nodded and thanked the burly man again. Then, taking his coat with him, he dashed from the smithy and headed to the street that had tantalized him since his earliest memories. The street that smelled more heavenly than Anne's perfume. The street where meat sizzled and baked and fried and fully assaulted his senses. He headed for Main Street. When Thomas arrived on Main Street, he simply closed his eyes and took a very deep breath in through his nose. The smells whirled about and mixed and unmixed and changed in such a subtle and irresistible fashion. 
His stomach grumbled, demanding those smells as payment for its patience. Thomas rubbed his belly and was about to buy the nearest piece of charred meat and stuff it into his mouth, but instead he took a deep breath, found some yard fowl that had just been taken from a cooking spit, and paid with one of his silver coins. This presented a bit of a problem, as Thomas wasn't precisely thin, he was still only eleven. The merchant didn't pay him any attention at all. Until Thomas pounded on the table, only then did the merchant squint at Thomas, a thoroughly unsatisfied expression on his face. "'What do you want?' grumbled the surly cook. Thomas pointed at the spitted fowl and held up the coin, unsettled by the man's tone and bearing. The merchant snatched the coin from Thomas's fingers, bit it with a few of his remaining teeth, smiling, and apparently had a complete change of heart. "'Would you like a roll or a loaf to take with the bird, sir?' he asked Thomas. The boy shook his head and held out his hand pointedly. The cook gave him three copper coins as change and went back to ignoring Thomas entirely. After the merchant gave him his fowl and change, the boy hesitated for just a moment. He wasn't used to putting anything valuable away in front of anyone's eyes. It took him a moment to realize that he had seen every person in the city do the same thing on so many occasions he could not easily count them. After this realization, Thomas smoothly slid the few copper coins into his pocket, took the fowl under his arm, and made his way back to the old jailhouse. Once there, he ate his yard fowl slowly, savoring every single morsel. It seemed he had never tasted food so amazing. But then, he reasoned with himself, he'd never bought an evening meal so fine as this. Indeed, he had only managed to steal a meal like this a few times, and by the time Thomas was safe enough to eat those stolen bites, they had been long past cold, and most times covered in a sprinkling of dirt. That crunch never quite left the boy's memory. After he had finished his dinner, Thomas began to get ready for bed. He didn't want to be late for his first day at the smithy. At this realization, Thomas wondered, how was he to wake up on time? There was no one who knew that Thomas lived here, nobody he could trust to wake him up, he had already sat down in his bed and stared wistfully at the horse blankets. Perhaps he should pack a few horse blankets and sleep outside tonight, closer to the smithy. That way he would be woken by the noises of the city. And then the idea came to him all in a rush as he stood back up and went outside to relieve himself. He went out to the well that had served the jailhouse and lowered the bucket. Then he brought up some cold, clear water, gulping down nearly half of the bucket before taking a few minutes to breathe. He then drank the rest down manfully. Thomas wasn't too keen on waking up with his bladder so full, but he would wake up on time. I have a confession to make. I love disc golf. There. I said it. If you're like me, and you also like disc golf, why don't you go to evolutiondiscs.com? Upon your checkout, enter the code CDS for 10% off. They've got all the molds you're looking for. They've got bags. They've got powder bags. They've got range finders. They've got <laughs> really anything. Go ahead and give them a look. EvolutionDiscs.com. Don't forget to use code CDS for 10% off at checkout. Well, how about it, my friends? Do you want to find out what's happening to Thomas in about two weeks? Well, I have good news for you. I've got a lot more for the story. Check back in about two weeks for the next episode. Thank you, from the bottom of my heart, for stopping in and listening with us. Go ahead and rate the podcast if you feel like it. Leave a comment if you feel like it. Subscribe, download, do all that good stuff. 
The more activity I get from you, the more I can share with you. Thanks again, and have a great day. From me, Chris, here at the Tall Guy with a Short Stories Podcast. <laughs>